Mexico. Hello, everyone. Um, I have a treat again today, um, all across the world, literally. Um, and I am speaking uh, with uh, Reket uh, Pachanekar. Uh, Reket and I had the first encounter in November of last year when he presented at the Quant Financial Engineering Conference. Um, and uh, I asked him to come back this, this in a more of a, 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 um, as part of my podcast, um, to talk about an interest topic, uh, interesting topic of his, uh, swing trading. I want to remind you that uh, Redkit is uh, actually um, a quant researcher at the Quant Insti. Um, Redkit, why don't you take it from there and tell us a little bit about your background and tell us all about uh, swing trading and why, why it's important to, um, what's important, what's interesting about it. Thanks, Patrick. So, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Rekit, and I work as a quant researcher at QuantHD, and I've been here for around three years, and I usually research equities for that matter, whereas I've also been researching commodities and looking at various trading strategies. So, the point is, when it comes to swing trading, uh, you are essentially looking at an asset which is trending. So when we say it is trending, it means that you have looked at it uh, for the past, um, it can be maybe a year or two for that matter. And you know that in the long run, the asset is trending. Now it can be trending in the positive side or at the negative end as well. That is not something which is of an issue. Uh, but since most of the people uh, associate the stock market with an increasing uh, asset. So for example, let's say take Google, for instance. So Google, if you look at the past 10 years, it has been constantly, the share price has been constantly increasing. So. And you would argue that you can just buy and hold the asset. That is true. But then if you look at the share price graph carefully, you'll find that there are little pockets or instances where the price actually declines a bit before increasing again. Now this decline can be due to various factors, both external macroeconomic, or sometimes it could be internal, uh, earnings reports and all these sorts of things. So essentially swing trading tries to capture these dips. And what we try to do in swing trading is you, uh, we call it a swing low when the share price or any asset price for that matter has hit a low. And just when it starts increasing again, you, if, you are in a positive trending uh, game, you would buy it at the swing low when it has dipped a bit and you'd wait for it till you reach your take profit level or maybe uh, you will wait for a certain time period. And once it reaches a high point and you feel that, okay, this is the maximum it would go based on your own studies and research, you would sell it at that high point. 
So that is called the swing high for that matter. And you take these small trades and what swing trading believes is you're capturing these small returns, but they are very consistent. And in the long run, they add up to your gains. So yeah, that is the gist of swing trading. Okay. So to be clear, um, we've, we've, we've got three things. You've got the day trading, right? right? You got the swing trading, and then you got the long and hold. So you're, you're, you're in between and exactly. uh, you're capturing those. Uh, okay, fine. So, so, so you're capturing those, those incremental um, uh, gains, I guess. But the question now is, how do you predict? What do you do, I guess? What, is, what do you use to help you identify those? Right. What's the, um, what's the signals, I guess? The, 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 what's the momentum signals that you're looking for? Correct. So, okay, if we look at it from the chart patterns, now you might think that, okay, visually you will be able to identify these dips, right? So we start there, but then obviously visual analysis is subjective and you are not exactly right all the time. So you try to use something better or you can have certain rules for that matter. And what uh, some traders do is they use technical indicators to identify these points. So something like the bullish and bearish fractal pattern so that is something which you can use to identify the swing lows and the swing highs, or even something like the MACD indicator. So you can use these indicators to identify these dips, which we call it, and you enter the trade at that point and you exit. So here's the interesting thing. So when it comes to the exit of a trade, uh, you essentially are looking at three criteria. Uh, either, if either of these criteria are met, you can, you will exit the trade. Now, the essential, how can I say this, philosophy of swing trading is, like you said, it is between day trading and long-term investing. So you do not exactly wait for a long time. So essentially a swing trader would be in that trade for like two or three weeks. So that is one criteria, the time period. The other criteria is your take profit level. Now, when you call, talk about the profit level, it isn't something which is like fixed. Okay, you would not say, okay, I have entered the trade at X amount. I want a profit level of 5%. And you would go at that point every time. So that is... That doesn't happen every time, right? So you would try to research and you'd see, okay, at what point of time uh, you can get the most returns. And essentially that will be the next criteria, the take profit level. And the third one is, which is something which people tend to ignore or try to hide it under a carpet, <laughs> if I may say so, is your stop loss level. Now, believe me, like, you have done your back testing, you have researched for a lot of time and you have come up with a trading strategy. 
for swing trading for that matter and you feel you are confident but then there are times where the trades could go in the opposite direction so you have to know at what point you want to exit the trade otherwise you would just be holding on for a long time so yeah essentially that is what we do in terms of the algorithm the trading algorithm that you use um let's get a, a little bit on the technical side um are you do you favor particular models you know random forests um uh, or, or do you from let's talk about from a technical point of view do you, do you have a model that you use and, and you and you and you um keep changing it adapting it machine learning what what's going on from on the technical side to keep up with uh, that. right so essentially you can uh, create a swing trading strategy using just technical indicators and when it comes to algorithms uh, you can create an algorithm using technical indicators as well so you have a certain rule right for the macd indicator you have to code it in and you can backtest this uh, strategy and see how well it is going now coming to machine learning algorithms uh, it is somewhat of a mixed bag now some people would feel that the more complex it is the more features your machine learning model is taking it in the better that model would be so that is not always true so you have to look at certain factors when it comes to choosing the model now in the initial years you could have done it easily with a decision tree model or something of that sort but as the trading landscape changes like there are uh, advanced models coming in right i mean so something like the reinforcement uh, model which google used right to defeat a go player a human go player which was considered impossible so but then google's ai deep mind they did it they defeated it and you would consider ml models as these huge uh, computing resources hog and that is somewhat true and it would take like years of data to train and to finish it but so the the thing is google's ai took around 2 days or 3 days to train and then it started uh, practicing it in the real scenarios so the trading domain is also picking it up they are also adapting these models and seeing how it can work in today's landscape but coming back to your question uh, i believe you can start off with a simple model or like you said you can have a random forest model and see how its performance is it shouldn't be something like oh i want a complicated model and i will choose the most complicated i can understand and use it in my strategy uh, even if a simple model can give you good consistent returns you can use them so yeah that is the thing of course the 
there are various constraints, right? You, if you're using a supervised model, there are different criteria you have to look at. If it's an unsupervised model, your whole methodology changes as well. So yeah, you should look at the model and you should also understand what you're trying to do with it. So, so, it, so it feels like, a, okay, so it feels a bit like a mixed bag, right? Because correct. if everyone uses sophisticated models, they will tend to take away the, the profit, right? On that particular trade, because, you know, it becomes so tiny. Um, uh, so then if it's not that, so maybe from a, from a higher level, so what do you think drives those prices? Do we, so is there a bit of luck involved here? Is there a bit of a modeling involved? So where, where you know, where, how do you make it work? Or, or is it, like you said, the management of it, right? Just make sure you have some right. stop losses in case you're off, you know, you move on to some other trade and eventually your luck, quote unquote, or your model will help you. Um, but obviously, you're not the only one doing this. Thousands of other people are trying to get the same. So, so what's what's the success? What what's the key to success here? So, it is uh, okay if you look at on the quant side, you would tend to despise the word luck, right? So you're trying to quantify something and you're trying to predict something which is essentially a, a sum total of a lot of factors, right? Now, initially when, let's say before the advent of the internet and the democratization of data, uh, very few people had access to the data which they wanted before they could take certain decisions. So it was a different matter back then. But right now you would say that, okay, if you are looking at only the close prices, uh, you can have a, you can have a decent success. But if you look at uh, certain stocks or assets for that matter, which are heavily influenced by uh, a tweet, for example, you would tend to look at the sentiment analysis model then and try to factor in uh, various factors from that side. So for example, you, you know that Tesla is, is a highly volatile asset and a massive number of people have shorted that asset. Sometimes they uh, they win when the stock price declines as much as 20%, but there are times when it can drive up to 25% as well. So you would think that, okay, just looking at the close, the close price of Tesla uh, will be sort of narrowing your field of vision. You might have to factor in other things as well. So, you know, uh, in fact, some people have actually done this with various levels of success. They will use a sentiment analysis model and they would just use Elon Musk tweets, right? And depending on how much uh, reaction 
those tweets get, they would uh, take the trade, whether you want to go long or go short on that asset. And they'll try to analyze the result of it. And once the backtesting result is decent, or for that matter, it gives you more profit than loss, then you would go ahead and try to live trade it. So in that respect, yes, you, when we think of the word luck, there could be something like that involved. But when it comes to quant, you're trying to factor in a lot of things and uh, giving weightage to the most relevant factors to it. So in that respect, you have some, while the close price will be the Y and the independent variable, you can have like a thousand different dependent variables or you can just have five, but those five are the majority of the ones which you have seen are driving the prices. So in that respect, you have to understand. So this is quite interesting. Uh, so listen, let, let, let me let tell you what my, my, my thoughts on this. So when we talk about luck, I mean, luck in itself really doesn't exist, right? I mean, if I were to drop, if I were to drop a pen, you know, what are the odds that the pen is going to drop on the floor? There's no odds because it's a hundred percent, right? Because we know, and, and there's a reason behind it is because, you know, um, it's being attracted to the gravity essentially. Now, maybe 500 years ago, we, we didn't know what was going on and, 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 and we kind of wonder why was that was, and now we know what it is. So there's no luck in, in, in the pen dropping. The same way, there's probably no luck in stocks moving one way or the other. Um, and my view is that you, when you have all these traders looking to try to understand what is driving the stock, they themselves by taking certain position on what they think is driving it, actually drives the stock, uh, maybe in the wrong direction, the right direction. Maybe we are kind of creating, quote unquote, that luck with three emotions, essentially. Right? So, so, so perceptions, uh, is it driven by our stock prices? Because I know that the, the project, the, the program right now is working on, on several projects, which is all about signals. You know, what are the signals that we need to look for in, in the market, right? And it doesn't, most of them have nothing to do with the financials. Uh, you know, like you mentioned the tweet, the tweet right. from, uh, from Elon Musk. So, if you have to take that into consideration, maybe you like it, maybe you don't like it. And if you like it enough and you have enough of a position, then you will move the market. Uh, it's almost as if we are all in there trying to find an exit. There is no exit, but because of our movements throughout that room, we're creating that heat. right? And so we feel that let's try to predict the, the level of the heat in that room. And frankly, it depends what we're all thinking. And it's so emotionally driven that at the end of the day, uh, maybe um, um, uh, swing trading is a good strategy because you know you're just capturing that swing just enough to profit from it, without the the belief that somehow you think that you know long term you're going to be right um, because you really don't know what's driving. I mean, maybe nothing to do with luck, obviously. So you don't know what's driving it. So you're trying to capture these, these moments. And if you capture enough of those moments, 
uh, and somehow you have the formula that could be very powerful but but exactly. you seem to be telling me that the model itself um you know, there's not much model i mean there is i mean obviously everybody's trying to get their own algorithm going but maybe there's something beyond that correct so as you move on and you understand how uh, some factors affect the price you would look at it that way so for example, if you have just the OHLC values, which we see, uh, and you find some relation to it. And so here's the thing. Uh, it is not about being right 100% of the time. It is about having your profit outweigh the loss. And that is sums up your trading success. I mean, if you are at the end of the day, if your PNL is positive, it is a good thing, right? So that is where it comes down to. <laughs> you know, interestingly, when you talk about the levels, uh, the great thing about the stock market is if I am, uh, if I have a share at $100, and if I feel that it will go up to 110, and when it reaches 110, I sell it. I, I go back saying that, oh, I got a profit. Now, the person who buys it at 110 believes that it is going to increase higher. And he actually sells it at 120. So both are right. And they both had different expectations and their expectations were met at that point of time. So it is about that. It is not you are right and I am wrong. We Correct. Could be right. <laughs> this is uh, this was quite interesting. I think it uh, exposes us to a whole new different uh, avenue here in terms of um, in terms of swing trading and how to uh, to think about this. Uh, let me know if you if you have new um, if you have some findings. Uh, I will definitely share with you what we come up with on our side. Offline, yes. Uh, <laughs> This is, this is quite uh, interesting and, and complicated at the same time. Rekit, thank you very much for your, um, for your time. Yeah, thanks, Patrick, for having thank me. Thank you. <laughs>